transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Recording here. It's live. an ep- it's an ep- yeah, we're live. It's an episode of In Tune. I'm Lucas here with Avi. Hey. And <laughs> and <laughs> this week we are finally going to establish the trend. <laughs> because sadly I wasn't able to salvage that episode. So yeah. this, is, this is the first I, I am sorry. I'm gonna Welcome. keep that I'm gonna keep that over your head this entire time. We will like, I secretly think this was like a plot that you made. Um so that like all of the episodes could be your music and none of them mine. But yeah. today, today, today my... if this one doesn't come out, you can really hold it to my throat. The uh, <laughs> the um, I, I will say though, we will have to like sprinkle those in because some I I, I was I was very praising of those albums. I, uh, I really enjoyed them. I'm glad that's on the record. Yeah. <laughs> should we should we get the specific albums out there? Wait, which it. ones? Uh, wasn't it? Um, oh shit! I saved them on Spotify. Let, let me I find got them. You. So it's uh, Lomelda uh, yeah. is the name of the artist. Her album M for, M, for M, M for empathy. M for empathy. That's it. And then Round Lay by Lake. Yes, I really by Lake. That was legit. And then also uh, Titanic Rising by Wise Blood. Yeah. Which okay, I will say, and it's good that that didn't come out because I would heavily contradict myself. The more that I've listened to that, the more I've enjoyed it. Oh, <laughs> like, that's awesome. I'm so glad so, that you've kind of been listening to it. Yeah. It's one of those I've I found that that album in particular has I've begun to enjoy it so much more now that I've listened to it more. We should talk about that at some point. Not now, but like yeah, reasons why like a first listen to an album could go like not so great, but then yeah. like listening to it more, what sticks out to you and like why you like it more. But that, oh, that's, totally. that's, that's, that's a conversation for another day. But then at the same time, like it's so valid. I can totally see that happening with a plethora of music. Like some right. of my favorite bands were like that. I want to mm-hmm. say Foster the People, a band that completely paved my way into my music taste now. And like when I was coming into high school, I, I couldn't stand them. And then I continuously listened to their album because there was like one song I liked mm-hmm. and I end up like falling in love with that band. Mm-hmm. So like, it's, it's a thing. I can't deny it. I can't deny yeah. it. But Wise Blood was a uh, fan. fan. I'm, I'm enjoying that album more and more. So great. So great. So we got some, we got some fresh stuff. So these are obvious picks this week mm-hmm. and uh, running by me for the most part, not stuff that I would ever listen to. And we were talking before we started recording, like I've heard of both Fox Warren and Beirut before, but I've never like actively listened to them. So yeah, that was, that was intentional. I'm trying to give you albums that I have a feeling that you've never listened to before. Kind of just like it's a very fresh, you know, ear, um, yeah. especially talking about certain elements that interest you. Like I'm kind of, all these albums that I gave you, which I'll just like really quickly say like Neon Skyline by Andy Shaw, Fox Warren's title album, Fox Warren and uh, Galip. Gallipoli by Beirut. Gallipoli. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these all have elements that I think you'd enjoy. That's why I gave yeah. you. But yeah. Anyway. I, think, I think to like varying degrees. And I want to I wanna sort of go in like ascending order of like what, the ones I liked. So I mean, not that that's like a, a diss to the one that I like <laughs> the least, 
but like I want to start in Neon Skylines. So that's Andy Andy Schaff. And while I'm like this was sort of the weakest of the week for me, like and it it comes it comes from like a sameness, you know. Okay. I feel like I feel like we talked about this the other week with like Mild Minds and Ford. The the saving grace of those albums were, were that they were like eight like seven or eight songs. Mm-hmm. I'm this album is like ten. It's eleven. It's eleven. Okay. Yeah. Further, like further cements my point. The, uh, <laughs> but like I felt like, I'll I can see myself in like listening to it just like on shuffle. I saved the album. I enjoyed it enough to like put it on my Spotify. I didn't I didn't actively discard it as soon as I finished it. I don't think I'll ever like re-listen to it in its entirety straight through. You know. Okay. I I'm trying to cut you off because uh, something that you're saying, which is like. I wish that I had stressed you beforehand before you listen to this album is this is the concept album. Yes. And you're meant to listen to it straight through and you're meant to like follow the story. It's basically a story. It's about a night at a bar called the neon skyline when the narrator's ex is back in town. And so this is like hmm. all 11 songs have to do with this like overarching theme. Well, um, shit. <laughs> and I want you to re-listen to the album at some point, you know, obviously it's fresh now. Give yourself some time, but yeah. I'm curious because if you listen to kind of like the, the lyrics, like very specifically, and just like the tonality of each song, it really like emulates the emotions that are being conveyed. Like there are songs on there that are like very positive and very like, um, like it's just like, <sighs> it's so hard to explain, but it's just like. I, I understand what you mean though. It's, it's you're going through the beats of the story through the music yes and and the the music itself is as important as the lyrics exactly. that are coinciding it i yeah i totally understand that the like i i think i think when i listened to it to this it was when i was just like laying around and i wasn't really actively listening to lyrics mm-hmm. so i was more so like paying attention to the groove and like that's that's something that i like my pit my like favorite picks of any of the albums we'll talk about today mm-hmm. that's something totally consistent is that the stuff that has like a like a nice groove to it is what i latched onto the most sure and this this album in particular is very like acoustic guitar sent forward and now yeah. that now that you say this is the concept album that you were talking about i'm like fuck like, yeah and this is one of them his yeah. other album before this um i was kind of debating whether to send that one or this one but that one each song uh is surrounded by a party like the album's called the party okay. and so like there's like different characters, but they're all at the same party. And so like, but anyways, back to this one, it's like, um, there's like a list of characters. They reappear in each song um, and everything. I thought that was really cool just because like, yeah. I haven't really heard an album like that. To me, that's really unique. Um, another thing is since it does take place at a bar, mm-hmm. um, what I thought was really cool, I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but there are some songs where in the story when he's like getting tipsy and drunk, the music actually feels like it's stumbling around. Okay, I, I, I noticed that. <laughs> that's so cool. But like, yeah. if you aren't paying attention to the lyrics, then you might be listening to it and you're like, okay, this is like really stumbly and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't so that actually clear, sound good. That actually clears up a lot to me then. Because so I noticed cool. that and I was just like, what the fuck is happening? I like, this isn't like, I was like, why, like, while some of the stuff really, like I listened to it, I was like, this is great. And, but like there were some other points where I was like, I don't really know what's going on here. And now it makes complete sense to me. That's I so wasn't great. paying enough attention to the actual story being told. Right. Which in itself, I'm sure is, you know, a great critique of the album is it's a very, it's very much so an active listening album. Like yeah. you kind of, you know, 
at this point for me, it's one of my favorite albums. I can listen to an individual track and appreciate it. Yeah. But like, it has to be appreciated as like a collective. Right. So um, that's like the polar opposite of how I listen to it. <laughs> that's hilarious. But I so mean, I, so yeah, I, I actually put down like two tracks that stood out to me as good as, as, as like my favorites on the album. Like, uh, where are you Judy? Which I'm pretty sure is the second song on the album. And then, yeah. um, try again, which is I think a bit further down. Yeah. Like, I want to say, where are you Judy? I'm, I'm, it's one of these has like almost like a cage, the elephant type drum beat going on to it. Mm-hmm. That's, it's very, it's very like dry. And it's, it's, like I said, it's got a bit of a groove to it. And it was a yeah. bit of a break from like the, I, like now that, now that I realized this is the concept album, I sort of feel like a dick saying it, but the like samey guitar, like for, and like chord progressions, mm-hmm. it makes so much more sense that it would feel a bit samey because that's not <laughs> what you're supposed to be paying attention to. Exactly. So yeah. I'm I'm so glad that like this is all like kind of coming together now and I I'm really impressed that you like picked up on those things even if you weren't like really listening super hard to the lyrics Uh, I feel feel like it's I finished half the puzzle (laughs) (laughs) and now when you re-listen to the album it's gonna like so many other doors are gonna open up to you especially if you like listen to lyrics and like pay attention to the people which there's only like five people but um yeah so that's one other thing I wanted to uh focus on is like kind of going back to that idea of it like each song kind of emulating a different emotion yeah um it kind of has a progression throughout the entire album where the overall tone goes like up and down based on like what's happening to this narrator guy and like one song in particular that stood out to me was 13 hours mm-hmm. um that's the one where it's like stumbling around where like yeah. if you, the song is basically about um like the narrator and like his ex who were at a bar and they're like coming home, but they decided to take a cab and then they forget to leave a tip. So like she runs back but then she gets hit by a car and then like, <sighs> but they're also like drunk because they're like trying to get home after, you know, going to the bar. And yeah. so like the tonality of the songs, like literally it's, it's the feeling you get like when you can't catch your breath, you know, it's like, <sighs> it's like offbeat. It's like stumbling around, but like, fits with what's going on in this song which is really cool um and then that last song too changer which is the like that to me literally sounds like what a hangover feels like which <laughs> makes sense because that's like the last song in an album about going to a bar like yeah. it's like a very lightheaded song um sort of floaty like, yeah floaty it's like heavy modulation it's like oscillating back and forth and yeah. it's like it's like a headache you know, exactly it's literally like a headache but it sounds good like i love the song anyway that's just kind of yeah uh, okay because i didn't get it (laughs) this is the first thing i want to i want to talk about next week i'm going to re-listen to this shit (laughs) and we're going to talk about that next week Mm -hmm. so i will i want to well we'll leave it there for now all right and I will, I will discuss it once I've finished the other half of the puzzle and I'm going to fucking write down notes on this shit. I rarely do that. I like going, I, I like going off the top of my head, but I'm going to, I'm going to actively pay attention to this. Okay. I will give a disclaimer. Uh, I don't typically listen to albums of my favorite artists for the first time when I'm high, but I did <laughs> for this one because I knew that it was a concept album. And I, let me tell you, listening to this album for the first time when like stoned was such an experience <laughs> but we'll talk about that next week oh god <laughs> what a ride or, or the next next time we're we're talking about my music whenever but hey no it's it's a whole right. 
hey, it's a whole different way of like absorbing content, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's fascinating. So right. I want to, so keeping with Andy Schaff though, I want to talk about Fox Warren, which mm-hmm. I only realized was Andy Schaff and like his, and the rest of his band right before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Because apparently I can't read who, who a song is by on Spotify. <laughs> the, um, I, okay. I, okay. I, I feel like it's invalid at this point, but I enjoyed this. Mo- I'm, I'm doing air quotes more than uh, neon skylines. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I will now enjoy neon skylines more <laughs> after my subsequent li- listens, but Okay, why um, did you like Fox Warren better? What's about um, to you? I think, well, and this is something that was present in Neon Skylines and a few songs, specifically the ones I liked, where there was a lot of depth of sound. And what a lot of a lot of the songs on Neon Skylines were they're very like very acoustic driven and very vocally driven. Primarily vocally driven. Yeah. And but when when it came to Fox Warren, it was the other way around. It was the drums were leading it for the most part. My favorite song on the album is uh, "Another in Another Life. Okay. It sort of has like a funky sort of like bass and drum riff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lost on You I liked a lot. Everything Apart I liked a lot. Those are, those are the songs that I wrote down as like sticking out to me for, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I really liked how it had a lot of, it had, it had a lot of texture to the sound. In listening to it, like in like listening to it and not really paying attention to lyrics, which is just what I was doing this week for some reason, I, I was able to get a lot from the music. It was able like I was able to really catch a lot of the elements and correct me if I'm wrong, there's some like brass going on here too at some points, or like some winds. Yeah. Uh, and actually Andy Shock uh, he does clarinet. Like that's his kind of like so I thought, one of his primary instruments. I couldn't tell if it was like a clarinet or some like uh, or some or something else, but mm-hmm. like it was like that was that's always nice. I enjoy like especially hearing like wind instruments other than like a trumpet in, in music, you know? Yeah. And it like the it was just very rich sounding music. It all blended together to a point. I listened to this album I want to say like two or three times. And like after the after the first time going back, that's when I was really able to iron out like, oh, these are the songs that stuck out to me. But for the most part, it's the album like flew through my mind, you know, mm-hmm. like it's and I enjoyed it thoroughly the whole way through. So we actually had the same exact like interpretation, or at least yeah. like contrasting Neon Skyline and Foxborn. The reason why I gave you those two albums, even though they're kind of led by the same person is mm-hmm. because Neon Skyline is so lyric driven, whereas Foxborn is literally the opposite, which is something I'm so glad that you like mentioned that. Um it they're they're so like they have some similarities, but like they really are quite opposite. Foxborn does have so much more of an emphasis on the instrumentation. Yeah. And the lyrics are so much more shallow than Fox Warren. It's literally like, I mean, as I was listening to the lyrics, um, which let me say, like, you don't really inherently listen to the lyrics for this album because it's like, it's muted to an extent. Not yeah. really muted, but like, 
you know, it it's, it's, it's mixed differently. Like exactly. the, the mix brings the instruments out as but, much to an even level. And like for people unfamiliar with mix engineering, like mixing and music, sound engineering, usually the vocals will stick out just a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In, th- in this case, they're pretty much on the same level. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's more of an, uh, it's more of an album where we can just like listen through it, put it on shuffle, whatever the heck you want. Totally. And like each song kind of uh, can stand out on its own. Overall, I felt like the theme of this album was kind of like a existentialist, like kind of being insecure about like your current life and wanting a different life. Uh, yeah, some of I can the songs see are like, you know, lost in a dream or um, fall into a dream and like in another life, lost yeah. on you. Like all these songs, and it when I was very much earlier, like imagining, like it's very romantic. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting, but definitely the the instruments uh, stood out way more than the lyrics did. Yeah, I mean, like it falls into that same category as like. Well, while I don't feel like this is derivative of anything, it, I listen to it in the same way that I listen to like monophonics, like we talked about last week. Yeah, uh, like it, it. I'll throw this on shuffle and just like in the mix of a playlist, and I'll be more than happy to hear anything come up. That yeah, just, just because the songs are fun, and, and like if if you're willing to like pay attention, you'll catch a ton of layers, but otherwise it's just satisfying music that's yeah. well-performed and well-executed. The texture that you mentioned is really something that stood out to me too, like in that song, Fall Into a Dream, which yeah. is I think the second to last song. The first half of the song is like a super catchy, like guitar intro, like really hooks oh, yeah. you in. And then the latter half of the song for literally two minutes, it's just like this overextended, like instrumental, like mind bending break. Like, do you know, did you catch, do you like recognize what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's totally. Like, it like, was there's, so, a, there's a, there's a big like shift in the tonality of it. Yeah. And then it cuts to the final song, which is like really cool. And yeah. I, for the longest time, I didn't appreciate that kind of break. Um, because it's like literally two minutes and like it kind of is rough on the ears a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it is an interesting juxtaposition that lasts like chill, chill. I mean, I feel like, and I feel like that type of stuff, it works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, a dramatic tonal change in the, like, perf- uh, in the performance can work from time to time or it can feel completely wrong. Yeah. Like, and I, like that worked in my opinion. Another song that does it really well would be like Posthumous Forgiveness by Tame Impala where it's a very like aggressive, abrasive intro like first mm-hmm. two minutes and the last two minutes are just like this very soft type of yeah. ballad type thing going on. It Like things, when it's done, things like that when they're done right can f- like they, it can it can feed the tonality when and, and which is very different when they're done wrong it can feel like it should have just been split into two different songs yes i agree yeah so a- a- anything else you want to talk about with fox warren um i mean i actually had kind of a segue 
Go for it. Fox Warren, the Beirut's album. Yeah. Um, I felt like with Fox Warren and that sort of like dramatic tonal shifts where some of the songs were kind of longer because of it. I felt yeah. like Beirut did something very similar with their album and they pulled it off super well. So I completely agree. This is, <laughs> nice. this is, this is something. This so, is a score. This, this, is, <laughs> this is something that I wanted to bring up between these three albums is that the first one was very vocally driven. It was yeah. truly a story as I've come to realize. Literally um, a story. Yes. And Fox Warren became very much more like texture forward, instrument forward. This is like pushing that to another level. This is, there's a lot of texture to the music. Barut, I've, I've never act, like listened to these guys. I've never gone out. I've like heard a few of their songs, but I've never seeked them out and listened to them. Mm-hmm. God damn, but this like- it was let, me, let me give a little, a little intro to this album real quick before yeah, we talk it. about. So this is Gallipoli by Beirut, which came out last year in 2019. Um, tiny little intro about the band because they're kind of a- Wait, something's some someone's glitching out, Avi. <laughs> I'm I'm, pa- I'm pausing I'm pausing the recording. Wait, we're now recording again. Okay, so, we're back. Where you left off? Okay, um, I'm just gonna give a little brief intro about this band Beirut. Um, they are a very they're very unique to me because they use a lot of like global instrumentation. Like, first of all, it's very instrument heavy. The lyrics are pretty shallow. The main guy, Zach, doesn't really focus on lyrics. He instead uses so many different kinds of instruments of so many different um, countries all around, mostly Europe, actually. Um, And so Gallipoli has a lot of, like, sounds from, like, Italy, Greece, Germany, specifically. Um, So it's very unique in the sense that, like, it's an indie band, but they're not just like your typical four-piece indie band. This yeah. is like using a lot of cool instruments. So I want to hear your thoughts about what you liked, what you yeah. didn't like. So I mean, like when when going through this, and I really don't have much negative to say here. I really enjoyed this album. Um, in in listening to it, like I noticed those elements of like different styles of songwriting, different styles of song structure like you said, deriving mm-hmm. from different places. Yeah. But then there was also some like really interesting, like modular synthesis going on too, which I don't know. Are you familiar at all with what that, with what that means? Uh, slightly. Tell me about it, it. Essentially, essentially you get a bunch of tiny like synthesizer bricks pretty much. And you fill like a box or like a suitcase. A lot of people will get an old suitcase and fill them with these things. Uh huh. Okay connect the power supply to it and you essentially build your own synthesizer and it leads to these like very full sounding textures or these really weird sounding textures i totally picked up on some of that like unconventional forms of synthesis and usually probably using like different kinds of sequencers and not like a keyboard Uh and i I mentioned this the on i'm i'm totally blanking i know we talked about in the last podcast but you you've watched stranger things right yeah so you know the upside down theme, like bum, 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 bum. Sure. That, all those notes are in between like notes on a keyboard. So you want to be able to recreate that. Uh, so they use modular synthesizers to tune okay. it into these in-between notes. Uh, so it's why it feels sort of unsettling. That's so neat. Yeah. Wow. So like I could totally find a bit of that in some of these songs. 
And like what you were saying, what we were saying about Fox Warren right at the end when it came to some of those like tonal shifts, like there were a, there was a lot more than this album too that I feel like worked. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's this song, but the gauze for za, mm-hmm. like half. I think the last two and a half minutes of that song, it went from this like really like relatively upbeat sounding song into this nearly ambient, very like, peaceful soundscape. Literally exactly what I wrote on my. I have like little little notes like when I'm going through the albums, yeah. and I literally focus on that track for the same reason. Like, yeah. let me read. I like the. This is literally what I wrote. I like the combo of piano, horns, and uptempo percussion switches to an ambient outro. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's that's exactly like the kind of tonal shift. Like some of these yeah. songs are very long but there's like so many different layers to them and they pull it off. Like usually when a song is really long, I get bored of it and yeah. whatever. So that's there's, really But the comment. length, the length is broken down with a lot of variety. Yeah. Like, and um, I think the thing that was most satisfying to me and something that I love about most of my favorite bands is what's, what's going on. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Technical difficulties. This is this is what happens when you record over Zoom. The uh, but we so something about my favorite bands that was present here is that like the, there was a lot of soundscapes. Like it came with like at the end of Das Frazan, there's like it evolves into this ambient piece almost. A lot of the intros to the songs were just these very smooth, very like airy synthesizers mm-hmm. and like or layered in pianos with a lot of texture to them. And it, it helps set the stage. It helps like paint a picture almost. And it, to- and it totally lends itself to the music being of different places in the world as well. Yeah. It, re- it helps set a stage for the music. And that's, I, I always appreciate that. It adds a almost cinematic quality to it. Mm-hmm. You can see it almost as like a score in a film. Exactly. You versus- can really tell that the person that is doing this music, like the lead guy is a music producer at heart. Like he really understands how to do this. And he, um, you know, I mean, unless you think otherwise, like this is definitely um, a feat in music production. Oh, totally. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it's, it's, it's so fun to listen to and there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. And you said like, it's, it's one central producer, but then a few other people. Or was it all? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a band. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure. sort of have sure. like a frontman. Yeah, the the guy. I, I guess the frontman writes all the songs. His name is oh. Zach Condon. Um, I I'm not completely sure of like whether the other members of the band um, are only just playing with him live. If they record all the instruments yeah. in studio together, or if he just does all the instrumentation. But I definitely know he's like a multi instrumentalist. Yeah. Um, so i mean yeah. whatever <laughs> he does it super well yeah i mean yeah i don't i don't care if there's multiple people on this this shit's good like the, uh, you were telling me that this is supposedly like a very difficult entry into this discography yeah. like yeah, it's so into I- what we were talking about with metronomy in the first episode where intune came back the like it's, yes it's so sort of, it's sort of an abrasive point of entry it is. It's it's very like unless you're really into music production, like you are, and yeah. I am. This album is going to be hard to get into if you've never heard Beirut before. They have yeah. some other albums that are very like singer songwriter, uh, like heavy. Like you know, it's it's very typical song structures, and they do it super well. Like it's really catchy. Yeah. Um, it still has elements of like other instrumentation, like brass and things like that. 
those are really good entry point albums. Um, this one, oh, another thing is if you listen primarily to lyrics first, like some people do, uh, whereas other people listen to the instruments more, if you listen more to lyrics, this album might not be the best entry point. Uh, the main guy actually said in an interview that he kind of rushed through the lyric writing. He like one, he primarily focused on getting really, really good instrumentation and the lyrics were kind of like in the background, just like fill in some space. So yeah. it's like very shallow lyrics. Um, the lyrics so that, are really treated like an instrument as much sure. as the rest of it. It's, it's meant to be filling the gap in that, in the sound. Yes, exactly. Um, I personally love this album. I've been following Beirut for years. They're one of my favorite ever bands. Um, so I was really excited for this album. And they've got so many other incredible albums too. So yeah. like this everyone... something we'll probably have to go back and talk about more. Sure. He's yeah. like looking at the discography, it goes back to like I want to say his first album was like two thousand six. Yeah, I think this is their fifth album in thirteen years. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. Like, yeah. That's and it's it's great that I enjoyed it as much as it did. I'm surprised yeah. to see how it evolves. And there's they have some other albums that I really like dislike. Like they have some stuff right. that's really out there. Um, they go crazy at some points. Like yeah. you know, like I mentioned, some of their music kind of emulates sounds from different countries. They focus on like the Balkans, Eastern Europe, like yeah. Poland. Uh, super like interesting sounds that I've never heard before and you instruments know, that I've never heard before. Like so. that that is something that I applaud when it comes to me when it comes to musicians so many people that gain some level of like notoriety or claim for what they do will never evolve and I was listening there's a great interview I forget who what what band it was but they were talking about parcels not parcels <laughs> just kidding we have to connect them into Check. this episode <laughs> <laughs> The, okay. I forget I forget who it was, but they essentially they essentially threw some shade at Maroon Five for like having one really good album and then selling out. <laughs> and the um, they were talking about how it's just like it's unsatisfying if you never change and if you're never willing to piss off some of your potential base by doing something different, then you'll never actually bring in any new fans. Yeah. So I think mean, I can tol- I can applaud that. Like it's it says something that you still enjoy the band despite them having done stuff in the past that you don't like. Yeah, and I'm honestly I expect to end up liking that stuff probably in the future. Yeah. Um, I think that liking something completely all at once, although sometimes it works, other times it just makes you get tired of it really quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that is something that I applaud too. The fact that they have such a diverse. Uh, set of albums they kind of like and, and they're still going you know this album came out last year I'm super yeah. excited to see what else they come up with in the future especially totally. like this main guy so yeah you know what, that was really you know cool this this album it reminded me a lot of uh, Chet Faker are you familiar hmm. at all not really you should send me an album and we'll talk about I will, it I will we'll have to talk about it but uh, yeah. like he did a cover of No Diggity that got big like like 10 years ago almost mm-hmm. and he um he did this. He was a uh, like producer, sang all the songs, produced all of everything himself until like maybe five years ago. And then he released an album, toured it, and then pretty much went out and said like, this is a really self-destructive lifestyle <laughs> that I'm mm. living right now. And I'm going to completely shift how I make music. And he traveled, he made another album about a year ago and it's called Run Fast, Sleep Naked. And he <laughs> He, he recorded it in a, each song in a different part of the world whenever he felt randomly inspired over those five years between albums. 
Mm. And it's totally different. And mm. like, I was fucking pissed when I, when it came out because it wasn't what I liked from his uh, original. Yeah. And he released it under his real name. He wasn't Chet Faker anymore. He was Nick, Nick Murphy. Oh, that's, that's Nick Murphy. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's Nick Murphy. I, I, I recognize Nick Murphy, but not Chet Faker. Yeah. So Chet Faker was his old producer name, which is when uh. I, that's when I originally discovered him. <laughs> so the, so yeah, Run Fast Sleep Naked is his. It was sort of this deviation. I eventually watched that live and was like, "Oh, this is like good shit. <laughs> this is great." But yeah. still, it's so tonally different that it, it pissed me off. But now I even now I'm able to find value in it because yeah. it's different. That's really cool. The, what um, songs stood out to you in this album besides "Gauze for"? Zone? Um, I would say on Manau Island. Okay. I uh I Giardini, sure. and the last song Finn. Oh, yeah, that was. Let's talk about that last track. Okay, it's so it's it's the embodiment of what I was saying with soundscapes and like texture and depth. It was without, the, without lyrics. It was the perfect instrumental outro for the album. Like Absolutely. the harmonies were on point. It just resonated super well. I don't have any experience uh, with like those kind of like soundscapes, like music production sort yeah. of synthesizer stuff. You do, I don't, but we still like both kind of like you know appreciated that it's something it's something that you can latch onto and especially a good outro will be able to take every idea from the album put it together and just like exit it in some kind of grand scope usually yeah and like that i feel like it was a perfect synopsis of what came before it was was, a lot of yeah i mean like it it worked in the end and like the, it was very smooth, very airy, and I feel like it, it, it took pieces from all the other songs, made it work, and I'm pretty sure it had no lyrics too. Yeah, so, I mean, I think I think there were some vocals, but no lyrics. Like yeah, uh, it was some like, harmonies. Yeah, it was all harmony. Uh, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, who else has really good harmonies? Uh, parcels. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> check the box. <laughs> <laughs> Came back twice. Twice. The, uh, uh, no, it's um. But I mean, like, you gotta like having a fundamental understanding of how that stuff works, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to soundscapes. It's all harmony. Like, it's all like I'm gonna play this chord on a synthesizer. Somebody match it on a piano. Somebody play a guitar, yes. hitting like the same chord, and that it just builds and builds and builds. And that was done to such good success. You're this. right. Yeah, I typically don't really think of harmonies when they're not linked to vocals yeah. like i you know vocal harmonies are like a very prominent thing yeah. but you're right with beirut he does so many instrumental harmonies too yeah um which really just makes it sound so nice like it's so overall like the album was very warm very like almost like nostalgic like yeah you know it, it, i feel like it had that it has that like uh the, like brightness you know of like an old it, it it yeah i think nostalgic's the right way to put it like you think, see it, it, it's almost like in rose-colored glasses you know yeah i think the reason why i think it's nostalgic nostalgic not necessarily because of the harmonies but since it's such a like travel-esque album like it's, it's about so many like different countries and everything it's yeah. like it, the, listening to it makes me feel like I'm away from home. Like I'm listening to something yeah, that's, a good that's way to put it. not typically what I would listen to instruments that I'm not really familiar with. And it's like a vacation. It's like, 
you know, you yeah. go visiting somewhere that you've never visited before. Yeah. It's an, album sounds like. it's an audible escape. Yes. There we go. Yes. yes. I, I, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I like that. I like that a lot. So I, I feel like that's, that's a perfect, that's the perfect jumping off point of that album to do. Yeah. You know, the, it's just like it, it gives you everything you need to just get lost in it. And there's, there's, there's something really, there's something really beautiful about music like that. Yeah. Listen to, and it like, you can just completely buy into for like an hour. Yes. Although I would say to like kind of cement that point is like, I can't really see myself listening to this album, like kind of, you know, just like on shuffle, like doing normal stuff. Like I kind of save this album for like when I really want to appreciate some really good music and sit down with it and just listen to it. Or I can, I can feel like I I can listen to this album. Like I'll listen to it again, but I won't, I can put it on the background, but I won't listen. I won't have anything mixed into it. Yeah. I won't won't shuffle other music into it. Right. Yeah. I feel like that that would be doing a disservice to like the general flow of it. There are a few songs I feel like can stand out as singles, but Uh in the grand scheme of things, no, you gotta listen to it straight through. I agree. Yeah. So, High praise to uh, high praise to Brute's album. I really like Fox Warren's, and I'm gonna listen listen to Andy Schaff's again. Oh man, that was great! I love yeah. this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I we will touch on that uh, that album again, uh, yes. Neon Skylines, because now I want to listen to it one more time. Be continued. Yep. Absolutely. So, what have you been listening to this week? Ah, that's a good question, Lucas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening, honestly. I've been revisiting Mac DeMarco. Uh, Dude, so you, good. I, yeah, right? You know, it's like <laughs> such feel good music. Like, he for, literally. For a while, just, like, right when I discovered Mac DeMarco, I was like, fuck, this is like discount Tame Impala. But then I listened to him more and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. thing is, listening to his music more makes me really realize he understands so much about music, even though it sounds yeah. like on the on the forefront it kind of sounds like he doesn't really care you can tell like there's so that's many different the, elements point. <laughs> yeah sure I, it didn't really hit me until like just listening to it again this week like listening through some of his albums yeah and then also francis cone i've been listening to i just yeah. kind of discovered her have you heard of her i've i've heard of her in passing i haven't really listened to her okay. much yeah i just discovered her she's like the indie pop sort yeah. of artist yeah it's great good stuff um How about you yeah yeah uh a handful of things actually i want to quickly mention it me and jared talk about it all the time but hot ones mac demarco has a great hot ones interview oh okay yeah uh is that the um is that the that guy on youtube that like makes famous people try out like hot peppers uh hot wings yeah hot wings okay and he ends it with the hottest hot sauce in the world (laughs) (laughs) like but mac demarco's on it and it's a great episode let's all check that out yeah, it's it's totally worth watching. It's that it's me and Jared agree that it's a YouTube series that you watch one episode and then you find yourself like twelve hours later having watched like forty episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one with Brad Leone that that's the one, only one I've seen. Yeah, the one with I Brad like Leone is good. I hope they get like Delaney on it or something. Yeah. Uh, listener, me and Ari really both really like Bon Appetit. If you can't tell, <laughs> yeah, Bon Appetit YouTube channel, The Test Kitchen. Oh, it's I would so die for Claire Savitz from The Test Kitchen. <laughs> It's <laughs> a meme. If you if you know, you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> so I really want. I really want to buy the buy one of their shirts. But that's yeah. not what we're here to talk about. The. Uh, <laughs> I'll do a bonus special episode. Just bonus. about Bon Appetit. 
bone us episode. The <laughs> God damn it. The uh, stuff I've been listening to this week. So I sent you this a while back, but Rufus Du Soul did a live sort of set in the middle of nowhere in Joshua mm-hmm. Tree with no audience. Oh, there was no audience there? There was no audience. I was wondering why I was so quiet. They were just, no they one clapped for him. Yeah, they were, they were just performing their music, a short live set in the middle of Joshua Tree. And they set up lights through everything. It was fucking cool. They released an album of every song they played. And specifically, like, we're talking about, this episode has been a lot about, like, texture and depth of sound. Fuck, do they know it. And what's <laughs> fascinating about watching them is that they really... It's predominantly electronic music, but in inter- interviews, they talk a lot about wanting to, wanting to have a visual element to electronic music. Mm. So they still, they bring all their keyboards out. They're not triggering MIDI clips. They're actually playing everything. They have some stuff sequenced that is too difficult to play on the fly. But for the most part, they're actually using it, whether it's with like drum pads or like their actual drummer playing on the set, mm-hmm. which something that's really impressive is that their song, some of their songs are like at like, 140 bpm mm-hmm. and their drummer has a artificial kick going that's one of the things they sequence for him to keep time he mm-hmm. tries to keep up with his synced kick with wow. another kick to keep it layered and he says like it's such a pain in the ass sometimes when the other guys like speed up a bit and he's got to keep up <laughs> oh wow because yeah. i think there there's some fascinating stuff about that band i'm like from a technical perspective i really appreciate them so rufus yeah. soul and then I came across this producer who goes by OTR. <laughs> and uh, I just laugh because to me, I work at Badger from Bronson and OTR is our code word for Olympia Tasting Room. <laughs> yeah, it's this dude and he, um, he is a completely, he's a completely, uh, he taught himself everything about music production. He has no formal music training and he just bought a MIDI keyboard while he was on a, <laughs> yeah, while he was, while he was, uh, while he was traveling across Japan for an internship. And he taught himself how to compose music. He was like in aerospace engineering and he dropped it and he's touring now. Oh, I love that. So he, <laughs> he made a full album called Lost at Night that I think was dropped maybe a couple months ago. And I just, I just came across it on Spotify and have been listening to it. It's good. <laughs> it's, it nice. really shows how like people that just have the time and the patience to learn can really kick ass at music production. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, I don't have that kind of patience. I'm but. trying. I am trying to get into that. I don't have anything yet, but I'm like, I have my interest peaked. Yeah. Dude, so. this is this is why I would love to like sit down with you and actually like try and work on something because yes. you're very like naturally good at this stuff. I have like the ear for it, but I have like none of the fucking patience to do any of it by myself. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll need to collaborate. I'll sit down. Like I have a ton. Of, like I have a synth. I have a MIDI keyboard. I have a drum pad, and I'll make stuff, and then I'll get pissed, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll be like, "Fuck this." I'm the opposite. I literally have nothing. Like I have. I literally just have my guitar and a computer and a microphone and yeah. i try to like do so much stuff but like i don't have the stuff to do it with so i'm like no wrong no. thanks dude my so old, we'll my old computer skills dude my old computer is just like i'll get like the first verse of an idea and then i'll be like fuck how do i transition to a chorus and then i'll put it away and i just never touched it again <laughs> <laughs> i have like 40 just like one verse songs i actually listened to an interview with kevin paula and uh, well kevin parker and he said that um when he's writing songs he has to do it like in one session um, yeah that's, that's if, he, if he leaves it it's just no go you know you can't really that's, that's what it. that's what i've realized too is like if i had like it's usually in my case like oh fuck i didn't like need to go sleep isn't i need to open in the morning or something <laughs> like, yeah. like that's if it's one of those things of just like if you persevere long enough you'll probably be able to get something done exactly yeah so the um but like this otr guy fucking fucking great olympia tasting go check him out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, otr lost a night fun I'm, yeah. i might send you that album next week yeah 
Um, and then also uh, KEXP featured an album called it's like Tao and the Get Down Stay Down. Oh yeah, it's love just, that band. Yeah, it's called Temple. I've never heard of them before, and I just downloaded this album. I listened to like the first song so far, and I really liked it. That's cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, they um, which hey, KEXP always good look at their YouTube channel. Follow them on Instagram. They did a really they talked with a bunch of record store owners to see what their plan was in the midst of this crisis. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, fascinating. Nice. But yeah. Is that is that is that a pod? That's a pod, I think. That's a pod it must be. Oh boy! You, you want to plug you? your plug uh, your oh, stuff? Uh, you, uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Stumble through it. Why don't I? So my personal Instagram is casserole. C a s s o l r o l l. Go ahead and follow me if you want to see my bullshit. I don't think I've posted there in like six months, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and then Old Heart Radio on Instagram, Old Heart and Space on Twitter. Check us out. Cool. Follow, yeah. uh, recommend us to your friends. Send us questions. Avi. I'm uh, on Instagram as Lemon Leaf, uh, L E M O L Lemon Leaf. Uh, yeah. There it is. And yeah, I mean, check it out. I don't really have stuff on there yet, but hopefully someday. Hey, and then you, your YouTube channel as well. Didn't you get a, oh, you get a comment? Uh, I mean, you can find me on YouTube. My <laughs> my thing username I made when I was like ten, so it's Obster ninety nine. So that's fun. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that you probably think is cool. When, when right? Did you ever um? I imagine, I imagine when you were a near youth teen in high, in like middle, late middle school, early high school, thought that like racing games were really cool. Yeah, that was Need me. for Speed. Oh fuck yeah, dude! My name, my name, <laughs> my name on Instagram was uh, my my, my name on uh, Xbox Live for the longest time was like Bugatti, <laughs> Bugatti Forty Two or something like that. At least you chose a good one. Yeah, it wasn't though. No. A good car. <laughs> I guess it's a motorcycle brand. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pod. Uh, that's pod. <laughs> Maybe we'll condense that or yeah. we'll keep it all. Uh, it's old on radio. We'll leave it in. Nice. Listen again, folks. Talk to you later. See you next week. Oh, oh fuck. I almost ended the meeting. <laughs> <laughs>